Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. Come on, the Holy Ghost is sweeping through this building right now. Come on, I want you to keep praying, keep talking to the Lord. Oh, there's a deep presence of the Lord in this room. There's a deep deliverance that God is doing in this house. Come on, we talked about it earlier today. That when we came into this building, we were going to come in with the mindset that God has already done it. Come on. Come on, what you came in here for, it's already done. Come on, what you came into this room for, what you were believing God for, it is already done. It is already finished. It has already been made accomplished. But tonight, praise the Lord, what you're going to do is you're going to respond to God for what the Lord has already done. Come on, the miracle that you came here for is already done. Come on, the breakthrough that you came in this room for is already done. The deliverance that you were believing God for, it's already done. What I'm coming to do is I'm coming to respond to God for the miracle that's already done. Come on, in the name of Jesus, I want you to open up your mouth. Praise the Lord, we're not here. Praise God, the pump will prime you. Praise the Lord, we're not here to entertain you. Come on, but in the name of Jesus. Come on, mention in the name of Jesus. Come on, mention in the name of Jesus. Come on, mention. I want you to talk to him. Come on. Come on, I want you to move beyond the distraction. Come on. Some of you right now are right at the threshold of what you were believing God for. Praise the Lord, but I need you to focus. Come on. In the name of Jesus, I want you to lay aside the distraction. I want you to lay aside the confusion. Come on. If you're demonized tonight, God's going to cast that demon out of you. Come on. If you got a spirit that's got a hold of you tonight, praise the Lord, the Lord's going to remove that thing from off of you tonight. Come on in the name of Jesus by the power and the authority that's in the name of Jesus. I come against every spirit right now in the name of Jesus that is fighting you. Praise the Lord, every spirit that's on the inside of you this night by the power and the authority that's in the name of Jesus. Uh, we command it to loose its hold from off of you tonight. Come on, church, while you're worshiping God, come on, there's healing that's already flowed. Some of you, praise the Lord, haven't even checked the fact that God has already healed you. Come on, there are angels that are leaving this room right now. There's surgeries that are going to be canceled. Praise the Lord. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Uh, there's deliverance in this house. Praise God. There's something happening in the back of the church right now. Praise the Lord. There's something happening in the back rows of the church right now. Come on in the name of Jesus if you need it. Praise the Lord. Uh, lift up your voice like a trumpet and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Uh, praise the Lord. I'm telling you God is moving. He's moving. He's moving. Praise the Lord. Now he's moving in the front. Praise the Lord. Come on in the name of Jesus. Uh, come on. He's moving in the front right now. The miracle work. I'm telling you right now the miracles uh, they're falling already. Come on. In the 
the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. The deliverance. Come on, he's moving on the right side of the church right now. My God. Praise the Lord. The miracle workers. He's in the building right now. Come on, the deliverer. He's in the room right now. You need the Holy Ghost. Open up your mouth and call on the name of Jesus. And the Lord will take over your language and will give you a new tongue. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You don't have to wait until the altar called. The Lord is calling you right now. Your deliverance is calling you right now. Your breakthrough is calling you right now. God's looking for a few responders. Are there any first responders in the room tonight? Are there any responders in the room tonight? That when you see the flames, you don't wait, but you run to where the fire is. Is there a first responder that's in this house? Is there somebody that will respond to the fire of the Holy Ghost? Come on, to the fire of His Spirit, to the fire of His presence. Our God is a consuming fire. Come on, this night by the power and the authority that's in the name of Jesus. Every spirit, every stronghold that has got a hold of your life can be removed from your life tonight. Come on, there's deliverance in this house. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you serve a real God. He's a real king. He's a real savior. He's a real deliverer. He's a real powerful, mighty God. He's your battle axe. He's your strength. He's your shield. He's your buckler. Come on, match it in the name of Jesus. Come on, those that are reaching towards the Lord, uh, those are going to be the ones that are gifted deliverance, the ones, uh, praise the Lord, that are going after him. They're the ones uh, that's going to get it tonight, the ones that are just sitting back watching. Uh, praise the Lord, you're going to watch somebody get their miracle. You're going to watch somebody get their deliverance. But I'm telling you, the folks that are not watching each other, uh, the people that are pressing into this thing, uh, the people that are pressing into the presence of the Lord, uh, the people that pressing in. I'm telling you, you're going to leave here tonight delivered, praise the Lord. You're going to leave here tonight with these chains and these yokes broken off of you. Come on, there's some pokes in this room. Praise the Lord that know what I'm talking about. You came into this room with the mindset that I'm not going to leave here until I'm free. I'm not going to leave here until I get what I came here for. Come on, I'm telling you right now, it's moving. These moving He's moving. He's moving. Hallelujah.
God is a God of this church. He's the king of the kingdom. And what you're going to do is you're going to respond to the king of the kingdom. If you're looking for me to prophesy, you're going to miss the move of God. If you're looking for me to call you out, you're going to miss the move of God. The deliverance tonight is not going to be in the prophecy. The deliverance tonight is going to be your obedience to respond to the voice of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is moving swiftly through this house. There's some of you that are getting it. There's some of you that are missing it. And I'm telling you, praise the Lord, that if you would get rid of your desire for sensation and would begin to step into the Spirit, I'm telling you that you don't have to leave here sensationalized, but you can leave here transformed in the power of God's Spirit. Come on, I'm telling you that blind eyes are opening tonight. Come on. In the name of Jesus, tumors can disappear tonight. Praise the Lord. You can get up out of your wheelchair tonight. Praise the Lord, and it will be a direct response to the direction of God, your obedience to the voice of the Lord, and standing up when you're bound. Praise the Lord, uh, doing something that the doctor said you could not do. Praise the Lord, that the doctor said you would never be able to lift that hand, lift that hand up. If the doctor said you'd never be able to run, then run. Uh, if the doctor said you would never be able to dance, and dance. Uh, can I tell you that whatever the doctor's report is, uh, God said, I want to give you the complete opposite uh, but I need you to do the complete opposite of what you're doing right now come on in the name of Jesus Come on, somebody's going to get it. Somebody's going to miss it. Uh, but can I tell you, I'm not here for the folks that's going to miss it tonight. I'm here for the folks that's going to get it tonight. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Uh, come on, in the name of Jesus. The Bible declares uh, in the book of Revelation, in the book of Matthew, it says some will be taken. Uh, one will be taken. The other one will left, be left. Uh, there will be one in the field, praise the Lord. Uh, one taken and another one left. Uh, there will be two in the bed, one taken uh, and another one left can I tell you praise the Lord just because somebody else don't want it don't mean you can't get it tonight don't wait for the person that is sitting next to you that's just looking around with their hands in their pocket to stop you from getting a hold of God God sees your faith uh, can I talk to somebody in this room uh, I'm telling you tonight praise the Lord is your night tonight is a night of your breakthrough tonight is a night of your deliverance uh, Come on, you're going to press into this thing and you're not going to stop until you hit oil. You're not going to stop until you hit oil. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, in the name of Jesus. I'm not looking for a corporate response. I'm looking for an individual response. I'm looking for that person. Praise the Lord. It says, Lord, I'm not going to leave here until I touch the hem of your garment. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There you go. In the name of Jesus.
look at what the Lord has done. It's already done. Now look at what the Lord has done. just the reaching of the hands but the reaching of the heart the reaching with faith the reaching that will get the intention of God blind Bartimaeus sat by the roadside begging He could not see, but he could hear. And he could feel. He heard that Jesus was passing by. Without hesitation, blind Bartimaeus opened up his mouth and began to cry out to God. Closed mouths don't get fed. You want God's attention. You need to make your presence known. You're not entitled just because he shows up. The scripture says you have not because you ask not. You want to be delivered, you're not going to get it looking pitiful in his presence. That pity might get your mama's attention, but it's not going to get God's attention. You've got to make your request known unto God. But there's a way that you must respond. Blind Bartimaeus opened his mouth the people told him to be quiet but that didn't stop blind Bartimaeus what does it take to stop you from getting the miracle what is it that the enemy needs to do to get you to stop calling out on the Lord is it that easy is it people looking at you is it the opposition of others? Is it a few extra seconds or moments? Is it the pressure? What does it take to get you to stop? 
What does it take to get you to quit? Blind Bartimaeus, you're right at the threshold of your miracle. He's right in front of you. Not only did the people tell him to be quiet, but Jesus didn't even answer him. You cried out the first time and God didn't move, so because he did not respond the first time, you stopped calling? Is that all it takes? Is if God doesn't pick up on your first phone call? Or if God sends you the voicemail? You quit calling them? Evidently, it's not urgent. Because people that's got an important call will call back again. And they call until they get an answer. Blind Bartimaeus opened up his mouth. And he called even. The Bible says he cried out even the more. When he cried out more than what he did the first time the Lord heard him sometimes it's not just you crying out sometimes God wants more sometimes God wants to see how bad do you really want it that's it
Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me. For I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of the fish which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee which were the partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, for henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed them. Master, what happens when God shows up after you have toiled all night long? It's amazing that when Jesus shows up in a person's life, Sometimes he doesn't show up in the high moments. A lot of times Jesus presents himself at the lowest point of your life. There are those in this room that can testify. And say that there have been times when God has shown up. And you were like, Lord, if you would have just been here a little bit sooner. I'm reminded when Mary heard that Jesus was in town. She ran to meet him. 
Mary was the sister of Lazarus, who was a friend of Jesus. The Bible says she came running to Jesus and she said, Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Oftentimes, Jesus looks, people look for Jesus to show up before the funeral. But what happens when Jesus shows up after? the funeral. This woman has been in a place of great pain. Mary is that woman that washed the feet of Jesus with her tears. Broke the alabaster box open and anointed him took the hair off of her head and washed his feet. From that moment on, it was known abroad that Jesus even said that from this point on, let this woman's name always be mentioned and remembered. For this woman was used to anoint Jesus. He said, when I came into the house, none of you offered me anything like this. But even though this woman had a, had a past, her past did not stop her from recognizing how good and how worthy Jesus is. She saw Jesus several days of grieving has gone forth. She had favor with Jesus. And there were those that knew what Jesus was capable of doing. They knew that it was impossible for Jesus to fail. He was dependable. He was one that if he said he was coming, he was going to come. One place in the scripture, it says that Master, you don't even have to come into my house. But just speak your word. They understood that his word had power. Jesus even said, I haven't even found such great faith in all of Israel. They understood that he was not like any kind of man. Nicodemus even said, Master, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no man can do the works that you're doing, except God be with you. If there's anyone that you want on your side, it's Jesus. 
Jesus had told them that he was on his way. Jesus was just right around the corner. But what happens when Jesus is right around the corner? But you need him in the room right now. What do you do when you need Jesus to be not around the corner? But you need him at that bedside of that person that is dying right now in your family. What do you do when you need Jesus to move, not today? You needed him to move yesterday. The Bible declares that when she saw him, she said, Jesus, if you would have been here, the whole deal was the woman needed Jesus to block the death of Lazarus. What do you do when you have prayed for God and you have believed God to block something? He gave you a word that he is on his way. And you left rejoicing, assuming that that meant that I'm going to block this thing. Only to get home. And you're testifying about what Jesus told you. Only for the complete opposite to happen. Not opposite of what Jesus said. But opposite of what you thought Jesus meant. I've seen it where people get into this place and they get angry with God because at first they feel as though God has let them down. God's going to pick you two up tonight. You two in the pink and the husband and wife. Feel that God let you're down. But can I tell you that even when you feel as though you've been let down, God knows how to pick you right back up. The scripture says, Lazarus died four days ago. Jesus is the one that knows the man that is in the tree, Zacchaeus. Without even Zacchaeus revealing who he is, he tells Zacchaeus who he is. Jesus knew things about the woman at the well. He said, where's your husband? He said, I have no husband. He said, you answered well. He said, because you've got five husbands. You've had five and the one you're with is not even yours. 
And sometimes when you don't know what Jesus is doing, sometimes we're left with our minds trying to figure out what he's doing. Jesus says that he's on his way, but Lazarus is sitting before the family taking his last breath. Have you ever waited on God and tried to hold on with all the faith that you had, believing that God was going to come in? Only for the complete opposite. Happen. The breath leaves Lazarus. And I can only imagine the panic, the reality of death that sits in to the hearts of the people that were in the room. Faith in God will take you to a whole nother level. But felt expectations of God can bring you down to a whole nother level. And what do you do when your expectations fail to come to pass? Some people feel as though they're bitter with God. But the issue is you're bitter at your failed expectation. But how is it, God, that you tell me that you can do exceeding and abundantly above all that I ask or think? But when I asked you and I believed you for healing my brother you didn't do it when other people asked like Jairus needed his child to be healed you went immediately with Jairus to his house and even when the woman with the issue of blood stopped in the middle of your pursuit to his house. You healed her, but you didn't miss a beat. You kept moving in the direction of the miracle. What do you do when you see Jesus respond one way to this person? But then Jesus responds a whole completely different way to you. I can only imagine what's going through the minds of Mary. Jairus was more of a distinguished man. But Mary, Mary had a past. And the religious people that were around during the time she anointed Jesus, 
began to murmur among themselves and said, what kind of woman? Doesn't he know what manner of woman this is? See, the religious spirit will make you feel bad when you're doing something right. It'll make you feel like you're wrong when you're right. You're misunderstood, and the only one that understands you is God. But nevertheless, the woman... Jesus, you've healed everybody else. Soon as they asked for you to come, you came. One individual, Lord, you were adamant about going to their house. And they said, Lord, just send your word. But when I asked you, God, to heal my brother, You treat me like the other people that are in the room. What are you saying, Brother Hurt? There's some people that feel as though God is a respecter person when it comes down to you. He'll do it for everybody else. But he won't do it for me. God will heal everybody else. God won't, he won't heal me. God will deliver their children. God won't deliver my children. Why? Because you're wrestling with the residue of past issues. It's not that you're living in the issue, but the issue and the guilt and the condemnation of the issue is living in your mind. But God said, I want to deliver you from the thing that's got a hold of your mind. Somebody in this room needs to just let it go right now. Letting it go. The stuff out of my mind, out of my heart, out of my thoughts. I'm not going to be governed by this confusion, but I'm going to be governed by the word of God. The woman can only imagine everybody in the room is like, didn't you say Jesus was going to be here? It's one thing when you have a failed expectation. It's a whole other thing when you've gotten other people involved concerning your expectation. There's some of you in this room that you used to be a person of faith, but you had a failed expectation. And when that happened, you quit having faith in God because you were embarrassed over the fact that God did not do what you told the people that God said he was going to do. God is not a liar. But sometimes it is possible for us to get things in our hearts and in our minds and if we're not careful, within our hearts, we can try to make God out to be a liar. 
The Bible declares. Jesus, if you would have been at this place. I understand, Jesus, you've got other things that you're doing, but, but I needed you at one of my darkest moments. I needed you before the molestation. I needed you before the rape. I needed you before the divorce. I needed you before the sickness. I needed you before the cancer. I needed you before the funeral. If you would have been here, my brother, he would not have died. You've got two ways to look at this. You can either look at the fact that if Jesus wouldn't have been here, would have been here, your brother would not have died. Or you can look at the fact that he's here right now. And he can still do something. The Bible says that the woman says, but even now. She said, I know that you're able to heal my brother. There's some people in this room tonight that there's some things that God wants to do right now. He's got to move you From the funeral to the resurrection power. The Bible says that the woman says, I know that you can raise him up on the last day. And there are those in this room that you believe that God can do the miracle, but you only believe that he'll do it later on down the road. Jesus said that I am the resurrection. Jesus shows up in a season usually after great inconvenience. When your strength has been depleted. When fear, what you feared the most, has already occurred. The Bible says that he speaks to Peter, James, and John, and he tells him, I want you to launch out in the deep. Would have made more sense if Jesus would have showed up at the beginning of the work day. 
See, sometimes the Lord will allow you to exhaust all of your means and all of your ideas so that you can come to the place where you can figure out that with all your skills and all of your talents, you need him. I don't know if they tried CPR on Lazarus. I don't know if they tried to resuscitate him. But one thing I do know, whatever they tried, it didn't work. And the Bible says that they put grave clothes on him, put him in the tomb, and they mourned over him. Some of you are mourning in the middle of getting your miracle. You think that it's the end, when really it's the beginning. See, when a person has mourned, when a person grieves, I don't know if you've ever lost someone. When a person is in the place of mourning, there's a death that takes place inwardly. It's not just a death outwardly. There's something that dies on the inside of that person. There's a big gaping hole that lies within the heart of that individual. Grief will cause a person to make them feel like they can't go to work the next morning. Grief will make you lay in the bed all day long, all night long. Grief will bring you to a place where you don't even want to eat. You don't want to pick up your phone calls. You don't want to check your text messages. You don't want to look at your laptop. You just want to stay in the room and cry over what you lost. Grief is dangerous, especially when you're grieving by yourself. And I've seen it where people that when something happens with failed expectation, they grieve over it by themselves. You used to believe God for great things. One time you were a person that was bold in the Lord. You had faith in God and God worked miracles through you. But when God didn't use you to see the person in your family get healed before they died, something died in you. Jesus has a tendency to show up right when you're finished. There's some people right now in this room that you you said over the past month or so, you, you, you've probably said this month, I, I, I don't think I, I can go much further. I, I'm ready to quit. Jesus brought these men and he shows up 
says, I want you to take your nets and I want you to cast them out to the deep. You mean when you're fishing, these guys aren't fishing with poles, but they're fishing with nets. And when you're casting nets out in the deep, you're not, you're not right there by the shore. So they have to be forced to move from the place, the shoreline, or place that represents we're getting ready to get off the boat. That place of quitting and go all the way out to where the deep is. They had it in their mind that they were finished. They had it in their mind that they were done. They had it in their mind that it was over with. But what happened is they had exhausted what they could do, but they haven't stepped in to what God can do. Bible says, Simon answered and said unto him, Master, all night long we have toiled fighting the currents, casting in nets, pulling up nothing. Could you imagine how much of a failure these men felt? Have you ever done something all night? And end up with nothing. Failure is what these men felt. See, sometimes Jesus comes after the failure. Sometimes Jesus will reveal himself after everything has fallen apart. Says we've toiled all night and we have nothing, nevertheless. At your word, we're gonna we're, we're gonna let down this net. Are you gonna keep the net in the boat because of your experience? Or are you gonna let the net out of the boat because of what he has spoken? Are you going to go to the shoreline because of your experience? Or are you going to go out to the deep because of what he has spoken? What are you saying, Brother Hurt? The woman said, Lord, you would have been here. My brother would not have died. Listen. If Jesus doesn't show up when you want him to, like the songwriter saying, he'll be there on time, and on time is on his time. They buried him. But Jesus said, if I'm going to raise him up, you need to remove the tomb, remove the stone. Sometimes 
we have come to a place where God, where we assume that God is finished. And we will make moves prematurely. And God says, I'm not going to navigate through your premature moves. He says, whatever you've put in place, get rid of it. The Lord never told Mary that he was not going to heal Lazarus. The Lord told Mary, I'm coming. She became impatient when she saw that her brother was dead. What do you mean, Brother Hearn? Who in this room have buried things that God said he was going to revive? Who in this house has already made moves within your mind and in your heart that God can't do anything with this thing anymore? Because over with it. What do you mean? Who in this room have given up on that backslider of yours? You've put them in the tomb, you've sealed it, and you said, well, there is no hope. Jesus is here. And he's ready to resurrect. But we have the responsibility of removing the stone from the tomb. Jesus wants to know where you have laid him. Right now, I want you to lift your hands. And I want you to ask God to reveal to you backsliders that are in tombs right now. Backsliders in your family, backsliders in your church, backsliders in your neighborhood, backsliders around this community, backsliders. Because I feel very strong that this week that many of you are going to come in contact with backsliders just out of the clear blue. Hallelujah. And the Lord is saying, I need you to roll away the stone. I don't care how long they've been dead. I don't care how long they've been stinking. I don't care how long they've been bound. I don't care how long they've been in that tomb, how long they've been in that grave. The Lord says, if you will roll away the stone. What do you mean? I'm talking about where you say, well, they're probably never coming back again. Or it's finished. Or it's over with with them. No, it's not over with. It's not finished. We've got to go back to where we laid them and roll away the stone. Because what is separating the backslider from the deliverance is a saint that will go to the tomb 
and will roll away the stone. Are there any intercessors that could roll away stones? Are there any people in this room that's got bitterness or unforgiveness that will roll away the stone? Because there's some people in this room that you have been offended by people. Offended by people that are no longer in church. And listen, what a more perfect person to use to roll away the stone than someone that is offended by the person that is on the other side of the stone. What are you saying, Mother Herder? I'm saying tonight that what God is looking for, he's looking for some people that will ask God, Lord, help me to forgive even my enemies. Help me to forgive people that have wounded me. Help me to forgive people that have hurt me. Help me to forgive people that have ridiculed me, done bad things. Help me to forgive people. What do you do with the reason why they put a tomb, a a tomb and grave clothes on a body? And they put the stone on the tomb is because nobody wants to smell the stench of a dead corpse. There are some people that God wants to do a miracle with that probably brought a reproach to this church. There are some people that God wants to do a miracle with that probably brought a reproach to your family. There's some people that God wants to do a miracle with that probably made you look bad. Every time you get around them, you just can't even stand being in their presence. God said, if if you're that close to them, he said, you're the perfect person to roll away the stone. Talking about somebody. Lazarus could not cry out for himself. Because dead men can't cry. But someone that is standing on the outside of the tomb that sees what God can do, that's the one that God is looking for that will come to the tomb Maybe you've got to make a phone call. Maybe you need to go to their job. Maybe you need to do whatever it is possible. See, when you roll away the stone, it's not something that you just kick down. It's something that you, it requires extreme effort. It's going to take love to roll this stone away. You've got to have a desire to move this thing. You've got to have a desire to move this stone that is blocking them from the deliverance. God said, if you will roll, if you will love them, I will revive them. If you will love them, I will restore them. If you will have enough love and enough affection and burden for their deliverance, I will revive them. I will breathe life into them. I will deliver them. I will heal them. 
Not talking about what they did and the things that they've done that make you mad and make you angry and how you cannot stand their mentality and the lifestyle that they live. Listen, they're in a tomb right now. Would you rather them live life in the tomb or would you rather them live life on the outside of the tomb? Would you rather roll away the stone and let the anointing get a hold of them again? Would you rather roll away the stone and let the Lord get a hold of them again? I I, I was praying for the Lord to change them last year. But the Lord didn't move fast enough. So what did you do with them? I buried them. I was waiting for the Lord to heal them. I was waiting for the Lord to save them. But the Lord didn't show up fast enough. So what did you do with them? I buried them. See, when you bury something... You put it in the tomb, and usually people say, out of sight, out of mind. How is it that the dead that live so long is so easily forgotten after they're gone? How is it that a person can be on the pew for so long, but when they die, they're forgotten after they're gone? There's some people that you've written off that God still has their name written in the book. There's some people that you have blotted out that the Lord says their name is still written in. I don't believe that you know, you, you, you get your name blotted out one day, get your name put back in the next day, name blotted out one day, and your name put in the next day. There's some people that you've wrote off that the Lord says, I've wrote them in. And I'm looking for my body. I'm looking for my church. I'm looking for my people to go to where they're at and will roll away the stone. Jesus Jesus retired I've been winning souls for a long time I've been teaching Bible studies for a long time you don't use me like you used to use me We're not having revival like we used to have. I'm not seeing the results that I once used to see. I'm talking about that person that you were always quick to do a Bible study. You always had a Bible study chart. You were always teaching somebody something. But because you've toiled for so long. And you haven't called anything. You're ready to go home. 
the Bible says. At thy word, I'm going to do this again. Is there anybody in this church that will do it again? I know you had revival back then. But do you believe God can let you have revival again? I know it's been a long time and I know you have toiled all night long, but do you believe that God can do it again? Are you willing to go out and do it again? Are you willing to push your plate back again? Are you willing to win souls again? I know you have toiled all night long, but do you believe that God can do it all over again? Hallelujah. Somebody in this room is going to catch on fire tonight. Somebody in this room, zeal is going to catch on fire tonight. Somebody in this room that put down their anointing, you're going to pick it up tonight. Somebody that put down their ministry, you're going to pick it up tonight. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how frail your bones are. You know something about the Lord. You've had an encounter with the Lord. And what one thing the devil can take away your health, but he can't take away your experience. He can't take away what the Lord has spoken to you. He can't take away what the Lord has shown you. Open up your mouth and roll away the stone. God wants to give you revival on this side. God wants to give you revival on that side. God wants to give you revival on this side. God wants to give you revival on that side. I'm talking about a revival that's going to bust the seams. I'm talking about the revival that's going to bust the nets. I'm talking about a revival that's going to have to require churches to be built. I'm talking about a revival that you're going to have to call for preachers to come and build more. I'm talking about an end time apostolic book of Joel. The Bible says in the last days, he said, I shall pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I'm talking about a revival that hits the East Coast. I'm talking about a revival that hits this capital. Come on. I need some stone rollers in this church tonight. I need some first responders in this church tonight. I need somebody that says, Lord, let's do it again. Lord, let's do it again. Lord, let's do it again. 
Open your mouth right now. Stand to your feet. Uh, come on, I think we need to stop right here. Come on and open up your mouth right now. Praise the Lord and let the Lord uh, restore some passion into you tonight. Uh, let the Lord give you some direction uh, for this week tonight. Uh, come on, in the name of Jesus. Uh, come on, there's anointing uh, that God wants to put upon you. Uh, there's an anointing that God uh, wants to operate through you. Uh, come on, you're going to get it tonight. Uh, Come on, in the name of Jesus, we're not here, praise the Lord, just for, praise God, just for sensation. We're here for a demonstration of the Holy Ghost. And can I tell you that God wants to activate you tonight. God wants to stir something on the inside of you tonight. Come on, in the name of Jesus, it's been too long. I know you've toiled all night long, but your revival is here. Your deliverance is here. Your healer is here. Your restorer is here. The breakthrough is here. Come on, but God said in, la- in past times, uh, you've just used uh, the atmosphere to get what you want. Uh, but God said, I want you to use the atmosphere to produce what he wants. Uh, he wants to produce uh, an apostolic revival uh, that will turn this city upside down. Uh, he wants to produce uh, an apostolic revival uh, that will cause backsliders uh, to come back and be restored. But can I tell you, church, it's time to walk out. It's time to get your dispatch services. It's time to walk out in the power of the Holy Ghost. It's time to get your direction and move in the power of God. He said, it's better to give than it is to receive. We're not, though we abide in a nation that is known as in the United States, being a nation of consumers, we must do whatever it takes to keep that spirit from getting into the kingdom of God. The United States may be a nation of consumers, but the kingdom of God is a nation of distribution. We are a nation of givers. We are a nation that goes out. We are a nation that believes uh, that it is more blessed to give uh, than it is to receive. I'm coming to the house of God uh, so that I can have something to distribute. Uh, I'm coming to the house of God that I can leave here with something from the atmosphere so I can go confront that devil, uh, so I can cast the devil uh, out of that person on the job, uh, so I can go to the hospital uh, and pray that person through to the Holy Ghost. Uh, I can lay hands on the 
sick and they can recover. I'm coming to the house of God. Why? Because I'm a mass distributor of the power of God. You are a mass distributor of a demonstration of the Holy Ghost. One can chase a thousand and two should put ten thousand to fight. Is there somebody in this room that I catch on fire? Is there somebody in this room that will catch on fire? Is there somebody in this room that will catch on fire? I'm going to sidestep for just a moment. There are those in this room, I can, I can feel the pull. And there are many of you right now, I can feel the pull. You're pulling on me because you want me to prophesy. I can feel it. Can I share something with you? I'm not an entertainer. The gift of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Yes, that gift is subject to me. However, I'm also under authority of the Holy Ghost. I'm under the authority of the one that gave me the gift. I don't govern my gift. The Holy Ghost governs the gift through me. And in doing that, when you're pulling and you would rather desire the gift more than you desire the leading of the spirit. I want your gift, but I don't want the spirit. I want the gift to operate, but I don't want the spirit to lead my life. I want you to lord over the gift, but I don't want the lord of the gift. I don't give you what you want. I give you what God wants. But you're pulling. And with this pull, when you do that, and I'm giving you instructions that are led by the Holy Ghost, and you're not, listen, you're not dumb. I promise you that. You're, you're not dumb. You know when the Holy Ghost is moving, and you know when it's not. And because of that, 
God holds you accountable. But there are many of you in this room. And the many that are in this room, it's like you're trying, it's like, I, I have more of a desire to see this thing operate. But if people respond, if I respond to you, I'm responding to the doubt that is in you. What do you mean? Because anybody that wants to be sensationalized doubts God. Even though you may believe in the anointing that God has put in me. Behind all that, there's some doubt somewhere. That's why you're needing this sensation. And and I'm not going to pervert, I'm not going to let anyone pervert the gift. I'm not going to pervert the gift to entertain you. I told you when I first came in here, the Lord spoke and he said he did not want to minister to you at this moment through prophecy. But through the presence of his spirit. And many of you, the healing walked right up to you. And you said, not right now. I'll stay sick another night. Well, I'm going to let you stay sick another night. Until you, I'm not going to prophesy to you. Well, I mean, but I, if, if, I, if I could prophesy to you, I, I, I mean, I, I can't. I can't. It's not that I don't know what's going on with you. It's not that I don't know what to say to you. But I'm subject to the Holy Ghost, not subject to what you want. I'm going to also tell you something else. The Lord leads me to people that respond to him. I have noticed that. Not every person, but for the most part, people that are reaching out to him. Those are the ones that he usually leads me to. Not people that are reaching out to try to get my attention. But reaching out to try to get God's attention. Do you want the attention of God or do you want the attention of man? Because if you want the attention of man, then what's going to happen is then you're trying to make me an idol. And I'm not Dagon. I don't want the Lord breaking my legs and all that stuff because I'm not Dagon. So what am I saying, Brother Hurt? I'm saying today tonight like we talked about god is trying to do something god wants to do something there have been instructions that have already been given listen i promise you that that this gift will flow a lot easier and a lot freer and a lot more if you will hunger for god and will respond to god a lot more what am I saying, Brother Hurt? I'm saying this week coming up, when we come back, I want you to come here for a hunger for God. Not a hunger to be prophesied or just to sit back and spectate. Why am I saying that? Because too many times I see churches that bring people in to do what I do when it should be multiple people in the congregation doing what I do.
But the issue is, is that people have a tendency to feel as though they can't do it. Why? Because of how you receive it. I'd rather back up and wait until you can receive it the right way than to keep going and you keep receiving it the wrong way. That means I'm looking for you to respond to the word of God. Because some of you, what I've preached, many of you that are waiting is, is in what I've preached. God has already spoken. If you will not honor what is written, you won't honor what is prophetic and what I've spoken. You don't honor this written word, you're not going to honor the prophetic word. And I refuse to let you esteem the prophetic above what's written. Why? Because if not, then you will follow another spirit. Why don't you lift your hands? There's a woman. The Lord just spoke to me. There is a woman that calls herself a prophetess. And she's prophesying to several of you young ladies in this room. She's not in this church. She's, there's a woman. The Lord said you need to cut that spirit off. She only prophesies when there's no authority around. She only prophesies when there's no authority around. She promises to advance your ministry. God won't want your ministry. God wants your soul. God wants your heart. Hallelujah. That's why every time you get to dealing with her, you start fooling with, you start battling lust afterwards. She's off. She lift your hands. Begin to worship God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says, save yourself from this untoward generation, this perverse generation. Lord, help me not to pervert the offices. Help me not to pervert your giftings. Help me not to pervert the preaching. Help me not to pervert my way of listening and how I obey. I want a clean hands and I want a pure heart. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. That's it. I want to receive this the right way. Not the wrong way. That's it. In the name of Jesus. That's right. You repent for that. We got to be careful. We don't know what spirit we have when we start doing that stuff. You got to repent of that. 
Hallelujah. Lay that stuff aside. True revivals in history are birthed out of a hunger for God. Not just a hunger for the supernatural, but a hunger for God. This hour, for years, it seems like at least for the past 15 years, the church has been talking about, I just want to move of the supernatural. And they're worshiping the supernatural and not worshiping God. And what I mean by that is that when you just have a desire to see the supernatural, then you don't care what spirit shows up. And the reason why I say that is because I know people, I've known people personally that operated and did stuff. I knew a person that channeled spirits and they preached conferences all around the country did revivals all around the country. And I sat in a prayer room while the, a spirit enters into them and they start speaking out of them. What are you saying, Brother Hurt? Not to get distracted. But you've got to be careful what you hunger for. You better be careful what you hunger for. If you want to hunger for the real thing, you better make sure you give God the real response that he's looking for. Don't be fake. When the preacher's telling you to lift your hands and worship God, don't do that just so that you can hurry up and get to the good part. The good part is already done. The good part is when you woke up this morning and he gave you mercy. The good part... Is when you respond to the word of God. The fruit that comes after the response. Now, that being said, if we come in here with the mindset that I'm going to listen to the preaching and I'm going to, I'm, going, I'm not just listen, I'm going to listen to the voice of the spirit. And whatever the spirit speaks, I'm going to do the moment the Spirit speaks it, then I'm telling you that God is going to do even greater than what you thought he was going to do when you initially came in here. But what he is looking for is a spirit of obedience. Amen? Amen. So let me sidestep back to where we're at. Lift your hands. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you've repented, repent. Let it all go. If you've got sin in your life, get rid of it. 
We've got people that are being baptized already. If you've never, put your hands down. If you have never, if you're battling sin, you got sin in your life, and you want to be free from sin tonight, I want you to raise your hands. You got sin in your life, and you want to be free from it tonight. Raise your hands. And one, two, three, four, five, six. All right. You that have your hands raised, put your hands down. First of all, in order to have your sins removed, we got to repent. Repentance is you're going to turn from that. You can't just desire to be free. You've got to walk away from it. And you've got to be willing to walk away from it. That's what repentance is. But in order to get the sin removed, there is no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. Jesus does not want to shed your blood. Jesus shed his blood to remove your sin. The death of you is not good enough to remove the sin off of you. But the death of Jesus is the perfect sacrifice needed to remove sin, not just off of you, but all of us. That being said, when you repent, there is a type of death that happens. Jesus is not telling you to die physically. It's time to die out to self. And if you will do that, just like Jesus was put in the tomb and was buried, you have to be buried as well. When something dies, you bury it. Well, since you are repenting, that's a type of burial. That's a, I mean, that's a type of death. When you die, you bury that man, that old man, in water. You that raise your hands, raise it again. The ones that said they needed sins removed, raise it again. All right, put your hands down. If you have never been baptized before, I want you to raise your hands. If you've never been baptized before, raise your hands. All right. You, my sir, all right, you've never been baptized before. If you've been baptized, you were baptized one time, but it was in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. I want you to raise your hands. You're baptized one time. Keep it lifted. But it was in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. All right. You have. All right. If you were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, that is a traditional, that is a traditional baptism, all right, that was birthed out of the Catholic Church, all right? Catholic Church has a lot of influence and a lot of church traditions. They've been around since 325 AD. So they've had a lot of influence on traditions and church. People traditionally do that. Why? Because some people are like, well, that's the way we've always done it. But in the Bible, when it comes down to remission of sins, it is only remitted when the name of Jesus is called not by repeating titles, but by calling his name. 
And I'm telling you tonight that in order to get the sin off of your life, you've got to obey the scripture, not tradition, but the scripture, and be baptized in the name of Jesus so that your sins can be removed. Why? Because if we're not baptized in the name of Jesus, our sins are still upon us. That doesn't mean that God doesn't talk to you. It doesn't mean that you don't pray. You haven't never had, I'm not going to take away from your experience. But one thing I will say, that in spite of your experience with God doesn't necessarily mean that that's God's approval. But if you will pray and you will talk to God, he will lead you to water. That being said, ma'am, sir, both of you tonight need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Tonight. Why do I say tonight? Because if you die tonight, your sins would still be upon you. Sin separates us from God. But the blood of Jesus separates us from the sin that separates us from God. Do you want the blood of Jesus applied to your life tonight? All right. We've got water. We've got clothes. And we've got people ready to baptize you both in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's it. You can rejoice. Heaven rejoices. Hallelujah. If you could, the people that do the baptisms, could you wave your hands? All right. Sister, you can stand up. Sir, you can stand up. Turn to the person in the back. She's waving her hands. She's got the little clipboard. And just go walk in her direction, and they will direct you on what to do next. Let's give God a hand praise. If there's somebody else in this room, you want to obey the scripture, go. The Bible says, he who believeth on him as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. You need the Holy Ghost. Baptism will wash away your sins, but it takes the Holy Ghost to keep you out. The Bible says if you have not the Spirit of God, you are none of His. What do you mean, Brother Hurt? That's a strong statement. It takes more than baptism. If you don't have His Spirit, you don't belong to Him. Spirit deals with this image, his identity. The Bible says what is flesh is flesh. That which is spirit is spirit. The flesh is an enemy of God. That's why if you don't have his spirit, you're none of his. Why? Because no flesh is going to glory in his presence. You need the Holy Ghost. If you have never received the Holy Ghost by evidence of speaking in tongues, I want you to raise your hands. That's you, sister in the red. You never received the Holy Spirit? Huh? What did she say? 
All right. If you could, go to the back. Sister Hearn, if you could, make sure that she's taken care of, if they don't have any people. Put your mask on, gloves on, and all that good stuff. God's going to fill her with the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. If you're dealing with sin, where are you standing up, brother? How old are you? 16 years old. Is that your mom? Mom, I want you to stand up. To raise your hands. The Lord said, I want to deliver you from confusion. You're, you're a fighter. You're a fighter. You're used to fighting and you don't know how to live in peace. You desire it, but you don't know how to live in peace. The Lord says, I want you to put down the sword and receive the peace of God. The Lord says, you're not in that place anymore. And the thing is that if people don't understand what you are emotionally dealing with or mentally dealing with or naturally dealing with, there's automatic war. There's walls that you will put up immediately. But the Lord says, I want to bring these walls down that he may use even the ministry to bring healing to you. The Lord says you don't trust people. That's why you look at everything with a very critical eye. You stay to yourself. But the Lord says, I want to bring you out of this dark, cloudy, hazy place. The Lord says that there's a spirit of humiliation that came upon you. And you have never been the same since. And that's where the anger lies. But can I tell you that that anger is not going to give you any power over the humiliation. What has happened has happened. What has occurred has occurred. But that's not going to stop God from loving you. But, that can't, but, but, but you staying in this place can stop what God wants to do in your life. This night, by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus, my sister, if you will let this thing go, let this thing leave you tonight, there's going to be a healing and a restoration that is going to come upon you. The Lord says, I want you to quit listening to these outside voices. All there are are, are distractions. You say that they, they, they understand you. You say these people, these are sometimes you get connected with the wrong people. And they help you to stay bound. Why? Because they're bitter and angry. The Lord said, cut it off. And if you do that, there will be a healing that will take place in your life tonight. If you would open up your heart right now and stretch your hands up towards heaven. And we'll release this thing right now by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. Right now, I come against every thought. I come against every spirit that's had a hold of your life tonight. I command it to loose your hold off of her. In the name of Jesus, I speak deliverance to you right now. I command you to come forth right now. By the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus, I command every spirit, every stronghold, every door, every portal that is in her life. 
In the name of Jesus, I command it to be cut off this night by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. I speak healing. I speak deliverance even to her home and her family. There's a dark spirit in the house, but I command it to leave this night by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. Come on. I command this dark spirit. Come on. I don't care how sentimental it is. In the name of Jesus, I command it to leave this night by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. I come against every word. I come against everything connected to any kind of witchcraft in the past this night of the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. We cut off its attachment. We cut off its stronghold in your life this night in the name of Jesus. Uh, I speak healing. I speak deliverance. Come on. In the name of Jesus, I come against every thought that has been put into your heart that creates division that puts up the wall. I command the walls that come down tonight we tear them down of the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. You're going to live for God. You're going to see the spirit of God moving your family this night in the name of Jesus. I come against that spirit that keeps your children up at night. In the name of Jesus, I speak deliverance. I speak breakthrough right now by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. I come against every tie right now. I cut it off right now. In the name of Jesus, I command every false way, every false spirit to be cut off this night by the power Power and the authority that's in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. No more anger. No more anger. I speak to anger on your life. In the name of Jesus, I speak to that anger. And I command anger, the loosest hold from off of you tonight. Lord, let the joy of the Lord spring up in her soul like a well of living water. In the name of Jesus tonight, Lord God, I thank you, Lord, for the breakthrough. Come on, sister, you've been fighting, you've been warring. Come on, but tonight this thing is coming down. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, uh, tonight this thing is coming down. Uh, in the name of Jesus, uh, I said tonight this thing is coming down. Uh, uh, the power and the authority. It's in the name of Jesus. I need somebody over there that's in the family to lay your hand on her head right now. In the name of Jesus. Uh, the power and the authority. It's in the name of Jesus. Uh, come out tonight of her mind, out of her life, out of her home, this day by the power. It's in the name of Jesus. If you're battling sin right now, come on, you can get delivered right now. If you're one of those people that raise a hand up, uh, I want you to stand up to your feet right now. And I want you to lift your hands up towards heaven. Uh, and I want you to begin to confess that thing uh, before God. I want you to tell God, uh, Lord, I don't want this thing ruling in my life no more. I don't want it attached to my life no more. I want to be free tonight. Uh, I want to be delivered tonight. Uh, Lord, bake the chair. 
chains of bondage from over me tonight. Lord God, created me a clean heart. Lord, renewing me a right spirit tonight. I want to be free. I want to be whole. I want to be delivered. I don't want to be bound. Come into church. I want to be free. Come into the house of God. I want deliverance tonight. Come on. In the name of Jesus, I declare by the power and the authority that's in the name of Jesus for you to receive your deliverance tonight. Come on. I want you to call on him. That's it, young man. Call on him. Come on. The Holy Ghost going to get a hold of you tonight. In the name of Jesus, you need a fresh baptism of the fire of the Holy Ghost. You need a fresh baptism of the power of the Holy Ghost. I command you this night to receive ye the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on, in the name of Jesus, let it sweep through this building right now. Receive it all over this house right now. By the power and the authority, it's in the name of Jesus. I declare deliverance at the wind of his fire. Sweep through this place. Burn up everything. It's not like him. Consume everything. It's not like him. There's deliverance in this room. Come on. Come on. It's happening again. Come on. It's happening again. I can feel something brewing in this house. I can feel the fuel beginning to burn tonight. There's something happening in this house. The Lord's going to do it again. The Lord's going to do it again. And the ladder in is going to be greater than the beginning. In the name of Jesus, he brought you out. He's going to bring you out again. If you delivered you before. He's going to deliver you again. If he healed you before, he can heal you again. If he renewed you before, he can renew you again by the power and the authority that's in the name of Jesus. I command you to be whole in the name of Jesus. Oh, Mandevasata. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My sister with the green shirt on that just sat down, if you could stand back up. No, her. Yeah, you. Lift your hands up. There's a healing that God is going to do with your physical heart. This night in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I'm asking, Lord, that you would remove every abnormality, Lord, that is there. I'm asking, God, that you would give her a new heart. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that you would I thank you, Lord God. that you moved her out just in time. 
I saw God make a move just in time. I saw some people actually get what you missed. The Lord said that my mercies endureth forever. I do not want you to take responsibility nor blame yourself to what has happened to people that you have loved. The Lord says I have brought you to a place of healing and deliverance. He said I have blocked things not because you've been good but because of his mercy and his love for you. And God says I'm going to use your voice to declare his word and his testimony on your life. But the Lord says, I don't want you overcome by the pains of what you missed that hit others. But the Lord said, I want you to rejoice in the fact that he kept you. Because the Lord is going to use you. And I see you opening your mouth. And when you open in your mouth, I see a light that comes out of your mouth that will lead a lot of people out of dark places. In the name of Jesus, follow the voice of God. Stretch your hands towards it this night. I speak healing. I thank you, Lord, for favor. You don't have to understand everything right now, but you will understand it later. In the name of Jesus, you just need to keep passing through. You just got to keep moving on. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for deliverance and breakthrough. Hallelujah. That's it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We've got to remove the stones. My brother with the blue thing around his neck, is that a face mask? Okay, just stand up. I assume that's your wife. Would you hold her hand, have her stand up? I hear the word distraction, time, time distraction. The Lord says, I want you to redeem the time. I want you to use this time because it's like God has brought a space, has brought you to a place with the space of time. When I say that, don't misinterpret what I'm saying. Like I'm not, I'm not talking about death. I'm talking about God is giving you a space to perform his perfect will. 
when I see you, my brother, I see branches that spring forth in the different places. And the Lord says, I'm going to use your influence to connect in different places. There are some people that you have connections with that they're just kind of natural connections. But they're connections of people that have influence. God wants you to put his word in influential places. Do not be afraid and do not doubt what God has put in you. But use what God has given you because there's some people that appear like they don't want it right now on the outside. But on the inside, there's a war going on with them. And if you look on the outside, you will miss it. But if you will listen to what God is speaking, you will see revival break out in places that you never thought was possible. God has given you this season to get his word in places that he put you in. These contacts and connections of influence are not there just for no reason. People need deliverance. People need healing. People need saving. And God put them in your life for you to speak the words of life to them. In Jesus' name. Everybody put your hands together and give the Lord praise.